lesbian gay. Where I'm the les. And I'm the gay. And today we're talking about privilege. privilege. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I said it so dramatic. <laughs> uh, do the, I like do, do, do the do the woo. Do the woo. No, I woo? like okay. it. <laughs> so privilege. Who's better to talk about privilege than two very privileged people? Than two white gays. <laughs> Um, ah, cis white gays. Well, and I think too. We were talking about this before we were recording. I think the whole point of privilege too isn't that it's bad to have privilege, but you know you have to acknowledge your privilege to acknowledge other people's experiences. Yes. And then just like treating people with equity and like knowing that certain people need more help or don't have the same, like can't work with the same process as you do, and like and then that branches into like how to treat people differently and legal things. And so I think us acknowledging our privilege <laughs> is is you know beneficial especially i think some people though this is a problematic mindset um it's easier to hear from other (laughs) white people that about privilege than it is like some other group which is yeah which is also bad where like oh it's terrible right like when white people won't listen to people of color but then like if another white person is telling them that racism exists they're like they're a little more lenient towards it yeah anyway that's a bad thing but But it's literally it's um, yeah Well, I was going to say, going back on what you said, having privilege does not make you a bad person. I would argue that it makes it easier for you to be a bad person. Well, like, the more privilege you have, it's almost like the more risk you have to be ignorant, right? Well, yeah, because, like, you have to, like you said, you have to do work to understand the privileges that you have and to understand other people's experiences and the privileges that they don't. Yeah, and Because the the issue isn't having privilege, the issue is not being aware of your privilege, and because that's when, when you're not aware of your privilege, then you... You can can hurt people. Right, that's when you are prejudice and you know yeah things like that like they should just do the same thing i do or like oh their experience is the same as mine they can get over it or like like yeah it goes from small scale to big yeah because i think about this a lot especially with straight white men because that's like (laughs) a buzzword but it's interesting that like you know the phrase straight white men is so common now you know people throw around the term straight white men with a lot of like animosity which also like same. Well, um, yeah. I feel like I, <laughs> I often will throw in cis straight white men. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> to, to um, you know, just add add that in. Right. But um, <laughs> yeah. But that like obviously, you know, the issue is not that you have those privileges. The issue is that a lot of straight white men benefit from their privileges and don't acknowledge them. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and it's, it's the whole argument with the whole not all men thing right now mm-hmm. where people are like, well, not all of us. I'm like, no shit, Sherlock. Yeah, right, but then the like, like that's, not, pe- that's not helpful. You're really just silencing people. I was talking about that. Um, like, if it's not all men, then condemn the men that are doing it. Yeah. Don't fight back against yeah, well, us and that's saying the, that we're including you. That's the you. other thing, too, because then like, if you're so defensive to be like, well, not all men, it's like, oh, well, why are you... You know, if you know that you're not one of the people, then you then, should you know. just be confident that you're not one of the people doing this thing. And you should be like, yes, that you're is right. bad. Straight, yeah. Instead of being like, no, not all men. Yeah. I, anyway, I yeah. I was um, talking about that with some people, but about Christians and about, you know, Christians being homophobic. And then, oh. you know, the whole thing of like, but not all Christians and not all churches. But then by saying that, you're not acknowledging the harm that the churches that are harmful have done. And so it's like, well, it doesn't really matter that your church isn't homophobic if you're not then 
helping to undo the harm that has been done. Yeah, like you it's, know? you're quite literally trying to you're pretend that the past didn't exist or that other yeah. situ- again that other experiences don't exist. You yeah, because I've been to some really great not homophobic churches, but that doesn't change the fact <laughs> right. that I still feel harmed right. by these other homophobic ideas that are rooted in Christianity. Yeah, I mean we right. we shit on straight people all the all the time <laughs> on this show, like we literally do. just about every episode. <laughs> but obviously there are straight people that don't do the like homophobic things of we course. do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So I guess to begin the episode, even though we're already like pretty deep in, uh, (laughs) um, we should acknowledge our own privilege because we, even as gay people, still have our own privileges. And for example, we're white. Well, I'll say when starting this podcast, I was concerned Mm -hmm. about that. And I was, because I remember I was like, well, we should make an intro video, which we have. Listen to it. Um, (laughs) But the or intro episode did i say video this is a podcast (laughs) (laughs) my mom was like i think i'd enjoy it more if i could watch it i know which if people saw what our setup was they they would not want to watch it it would discredit us so bad (laughs) emily's microphone is in a cardboard box (laughs) to stop the sound my my literally we're sitting at my desk there's like five cords stretched across my laptop anyway uh we're getting so off track (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but back. yes, so I was concerned though. I was like, I, w- I want to make an episode, just like an intro episode, where we acknowledge our privilege, you know, to have a disclaimer. Because right. if we're talking about gay things and the gay community, mm-hmm. that I realized that that is from our perspective as yeah. white cis gay people yeah. from the Midwest mm-hmm. who are young, who... You know. still have families in our lives. You know, right. Things, different things like that. I mean, I think we do even a decent job at just acknowledging that there are, are other stories and that yeah. other people do have it worse than us. But yeah. even just the sense of we do not speak on behalf of the entire queer community and yeah. we always are very cognizant of that as well. Yeah. And yeah, because like my experience as a lesbian is going to be totally different than somebody else's experience yeah, as a lesbian. as mine with a gay man, right? Right, and of course, there's similarities. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, right, gay. people relate to us but. too, but also it's, you know, unnatural to think that we are just like the idea of what gay yes. people are, right? Well, and that's what, you know, stereotypes are then rooted in. Yeah, right. you know, the assumptions that everyone's experience is the same. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I think that is what is so tricky then about talking about the LGBT community as a whole. Right. Because it's so hard to compare experiences or talk about the LGBT community as like a monolith or right. like a singular right. community or entity because literally the vast differences of experiences yeah it can depend on age when you grew up Mm -hmm. it can depend on location it can be in like which city you're currently living in or grew up in it can obviously depend on your skin color yeah it can depend on your financial status and the role your parents well and even not just that but even just different identities within the lgbt community yeah that too the experience of a cis gay person is going to be so different from a trans person. Yeah. Or even know, like with a like a gay trans person or, you know. Even to like the smallest scale of like a lesbian woman and like a bisexual man and like all this stuff. Like it's yeah. just ob- objectively different privileges, different. Yes. What's the opposite of privilege? Uh, bad things that happened. <laughs> yeah. Privileges they don't have. Like it's all right. different. Yeah. Yeah. I saw this one post the other day. I mean, obviously in light of everything, but they were like, if you're 
a cis white gay man living in a major city, you're not oppressed. Yes, I saw that too. Yeah, and then people, you know, were upset by that. And I'm like, okay. Well, well, and then that's the thing of like, yeah, blanket statement. I'm not going to erase that like, you know, maybe they had a hard life growing up and then moved to this city. Or like, you know, the fact that when we went to a city, we were called faggot ass motherfuckers on the <laughs> Our subway. first day there. <laughs> yeah, but then no, also but... the sense that there's enough of a safety blanket there and then also... And a community that, yeah, if you are a young cis white gay man... And because that's brought up... There's so much community available to you. Well, because that's brought up because sometimes people think that if you are oppressed or you don't have privileges in one area, then you are then excluded from privilege altogether. Yes. Or you can then speak on it and like... Talk right. about it in, like, full understanding. I mean, that was brought up because, again, of racism. Yes, yeah, no. because... Well, and gay people being, like, you know, when people are talking about racism, that then white gay people will be like, oh, I get it. I'm oppressed, too. Right, it's which like, is not... <laughs> no! <laughs> that's a very different experience. Right, and we've talked about that before, too, where just, like... Sometimes gay people are like, oh, yeah, because straight white men are just terrible, right? I'm like, they affect you differently right. than they do, right? Well, yeah. then, again, like, white gay people can be racist, you know, no, well, straight black people can be homophobic. Yeah, and that's like, it's the just thing the fact that it's so important to acknowledge that white gay people and white queer people are still benefiting benefit from... from white supremacy. Yeah. And so, like... Just because you're oppressed for being queer mm-hmm. does not mean that you then are not anti-racist, all right? The time, anti-racist right? or um, not benefiting from white supremacy because yeah, you are, and that's yeah. you know that's the whole thing of mm-hmm. having to acknowledge your privileges. Yeah, let's go even more minute and let's talk about privileges within the queer community and yes. all that stuff and kind well, of talk about that. Well, I want to say that I think that it gets messy when trying to compare like yeah. the amount of privilege because then you really are just kind have. of uh, like comparing oppression right? yeah and which i think well here's the thing because i think that there's times where that needs to happen again in acknowledging privilege, yeah you know realizing that me as a lesbian woman in the circumstances i'm in is gonna have more privilege than a trans woman right a lot of the time yeah. right and so i think like acknowledging those things are important but i also think that sometimes it can become unproductive if it's then like pitting people against each other yeah if that makes sense no it does because i mean sometimes where like i can acknowledge you as a gay man are gonna have certain privileges that i as a lesbian don't have but like that doesn't mean that I should then not understand you as a gay man. You shouldn't not understand yeah, me as a lesbian. You know, I don't of, know. No, it's the sense of like, I mean, having privilege doesn't mean that you don't have hardships in your yes. life. Right. And I think sometimes yes. when we compare privilege like this, like if I were complaining about something or talking about a hardship in my life and someone else was like, whatever, I, yeah. and this unrelated thing, that someone is just like, objectively more oppressed or less privileged than another because it varies depending on field and different conversations. I mean, for example, just between you and I, you know, there's certain things that I have privileged as a man that you Mm -hmm. don't as a woman. Yeah. And even I as a queer man, privileges I have that you don't as a queer woman. Yeah. And it's different than if we were talking about financial things, like financial privilege. Right, right? <laughs> like, like I have a... more financial privilege than you yeah, do. Yeah, and yeah, it's, and, it's by, and it's by case, case scenario. I think sometimes we compare privilege and are so trying to make sure we are acknowledging everyone else's privilege and mm-hmm. da, 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 da But I feel like if I knew my own privileges and my own standing and understanding that other people's can be different, mm-hmm. I can then find the best way to 
talk with them, help them yes. if they want, yeah. or communicate that way. Because there's yeah. even instances where like sometimes in the same sense, queer people try to relate to me in a way that they can't mm. because they aren't always in a similar situation that I am. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because then sometimes you compare and contrast these privileges and stuff and you're more so focused on like oppression points and like feeling right. sensitive. But you know, the things I'm feeling and going through are valid, but you yes. know objectively i can't you know complain about them to someone who right. has well, it worse I mean, than i do or no, doesn't well, have the same okay, experience okay. yes because i think about this and um drawing from my time in therapy um, <laughs> <laughs> but that i do think acknowledging other people have less privilege than you is necessary i also think though if you are currently struggling or facing some sort of discrimination or, you know, whatever, that then working through that and acknowledging that that is real (laughs) and not immediately going to, well, but I do have it better than some people. Like, take care of yourself, too. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) You know, like... Fill your own glass first, right? Yes. Um, Yes. Yes, there's people who have less privilege than you, but that doesn't mean your experiences aren't real or then aren't struggles. But also, like... In that, I know this is so tricky, because then, like, in that, though, like, yes, your experiences are real, but then, when then being there to support someone else, you understand that theirs is worse, right? Yeah, that, like, there is a difference. But, right, I don't think you supporting yourself and supporting someone else have to be mutually exclusive. No, exactly. Yeah, I think you can help yourself in your own place where you are, and even if someone, you know, doesn't have the privilege to worry about those problems, Mm -hmm. you know, like you can still focus on that and then help them with theirs if they want or like, you know, give them the space that they need then. Yeah. I think about microaggressions. Oh, I think, yes. I think, you know, microaggressions are obviously a problem and they take a big toll on people's mental health. Yeah. Getting constant microaggressions. But then also like realizing that for some people, all they're facing is microaggressions where other people are facing like macro, like yeah, real macro aggression, aggression. macroaggressions. Macro you know, but like <laughs> some people are concerned for their physical safety and their life. Yeah. And because we need to be having the conversations about microaggressions, but then within those conversations, acknowledging the privilege that you have to be having that conversation in yeah. the first place. Or I think about like, I took this class that was, this psychology of sexual orientation and gender mm-hmm. diversity. And I remember feeling like weird in the class because we were talking so much about like oppression and the oppression of queer people. But then it just felt like such a privileged environment that right. we were like in this academic class. We were all at yeah. this private university. Yeah being able to have these conversations about this yeah and and just like the amount of privilege that we had to be able to be in that space to have the conversations because i even think you know and then it felt weird to be like oh i'm so oppressed when it's like oh but i'm also like in this class where i'm able to talk about how oppressed i am well that even ties into like meeting people where they are and you know sometimes people are so woke and come from these very woke communities and all this stuff and just can't even Mm. fathom Mm-hmm. why someone else would do it and i said this i was on a i was on a zoom date and we ended up <laughs> talking about politics which is a, a, a big no-no but we were talking about that even how what was the story there's this cute little diner in like rural pennsylvania or something yeah. like a small small town that this this guy i was on a date with that uh he goes to and there's there's an all-gender bathroom or like a gender non-specific bathroom mm-hmm. and there's like a sign on it that is like all genders this that da, 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 and it kind of goes off into like 
what he was like. He's like, you know, and you know, for some people, it'd be a little offensive because then it was like aliens, this, that, like whoever. Oh. It almost it almost seemed like it might be like making fun of it or whatever. Right. But it was it was an all gender bathroom, and I'm sure it was in good right. heart. And <laughs> yes. it was and it was the case of like. You know, if I went home to Manuka, Illinois, and my high school had an all-gender bathroom, I wouldn't care. And if they I... said, like, aliens. <laughs> this one's for aliens. Yeah. Which, like, you know, again, that's a microaggression, it's... but it's also such a huge step. Well, no, and that's the thing. I think you gotta clock the wins and the losses. Well, and yeah, and also you understand. You know, like, be grateful for progress that is being made, but then always looking ahead to, like, how things could be better. Yeah, and I also think sometimes with microaggressions, this is only sometimes, some of them mm-hmm. are, like, you know, malicious, but sometimes people just, like, don't know the right language and are just a little oh, ignorant. Oh, yeah, well, But if that's... it comes from a loving place, it's less a... I guess that's my own opinion on it, but, like, in that situation where, like, it came from a loving place, it was just, like, the wrong language, or I yeah. think about that sometimes with people that are just learning how to use uh, yeah. third-party pronouns, you know? Right. And well, because then, yeah. then some... I don't know if I would necessarily say that that is a microaggression. If it's not malicious. Okay. Well, no, no, no. No, well, I can take that. No, no, no. But I think that microaggressions, I agree that a lot of the times they aren't malicious in the sense that, like, the person is not intending to cause harm. I think all microaggressions are rooted in ignorance. Yeah, sure. And that's another issue I have with sometimes conversations about microaggressions because microaggressions are rooted in, like, systemic yeah problems and rooted in the homophobic racist yeah patriarchal culture that we're in right and so you know it's not just like an individual problem but then i think that yeah they're rooted in ignorance and so then i think the way to get rid of microaggressions is to educate right it's just people aren't educated about things i think but then i think that's different than like what you were saying when somebody's trying right you know because if somebody's trying then it's just like oh that was just a mistake yeah sure. you know and then you can easily correct but if somebody says like oh i didn't even like i I, didn't, I had no idea you were a lesbian. You're so pretty. You know, like, that's right. a microaggression. And then we can see, like, oh, this is rooted in this bias that you have obviously taken on right. about lesbians. And you hold these stereotypes that you have been taught yeah. about what lesbians look like. Mm-hmm. And so then it's like, you know, they just need to be educated. Yeah. Versus, I like, think... blatant discrimination. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's, now it's, we're bleeding into a whole thing about microaggressions. Which is which fine. Is, yeah. I think that's relevant. And again, microaggressions, I don't want to like undermine microaggressions though either. No, right. But people getting constant microaggressions all the time, like that takes a huge toll on your mental health. Absolutely. And on your sense of self and identity. But yeah, circling back that like, you know, generationally, <laughs> that's something we can talk about now because that's like the biggest thing at some of our forefronts, mm-hmm. you know, and that's a privilege we carry. Yes. Um, yes. Because us as young people don't have to deal with the things that, you know, like we have made progress. Yes. In the last oh, yeah. many years. I think that I think... like us as young queer people, just the amount of privilege that we have as Gen Z. I mean, we're like old Gen Z. We're like Oh, yeah. Technically, we are Gen Z. Yeah, technically. <laughs> we're on the cusp. Um, but that like we as queer Gen Z people have just an immense amount of privilege based in the access that we have to things. Yeah. You know, and the fact that we can go on the internet and then find a community. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah, absolutely. That, like, pre-internet, that, like, would not have been available. 
Yeah, imagine being gay in a small town and literally just being the only gay. Right. And Not seeing anyone on TV, on YouTube, like nothing. Yeah, yeah. I think about trans people too and being oh, able yeah. to understand your identity so much sooner, you know, which is so, so good. And that's a Versus whole... like going through your whole life or, you know, your whole adolescence and high school and everything, not even knowing that being trans was a thing. Yeah. <laughs> or I mean, an even... option or, or what you were, you know. Right. Even like the whole statistic about how like one in six Gen Zers are like queer. Yeah. Like, they know and understand their sexuality because the world is different today. Yeah. There wasn't, like, less queer people then. It no, was just it's all the same. So diff- it was so, like, either it's just shunned so much- on or, like, sex was not talked about mm-hmm. or, like, you know. We have a privilege just to know we're gay to yeah. an extent, right? Right. <laughs> um, well, and that's, like, uh, speaking of that statistic, <laughs> um, um, when I was talking to you the other day and I was saying something about, like, oh, yeah, I hear, like, all of these, you know, lesbians will talk about these flings that they've had with straight girls or, or you know, like, all these lesbians who are like, oh, when I was in college, I had sex with, like, all of these straight girls. And I was like, what's up with that? Where are these straight girls who are <laughs> trying to have sex with lesbians? And you're like, I I think they're just bisexual now. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, because that's the whole thing of like, no, I, I went through a phase in college, but I'm straight. Like, I'm like, no, I was think... it a phase, or are you actually bisexual, but felt like that wasn't an option for you because we live in a heteronormative society? <laughs> you know, no, literally that. And I think just like now, because uh, it is more accepted than it was back then, I think these women are like, oh no, I like women. I had sex with them. Oh, I'm bisexual. Yeah. Which, like, I mean, is, you know, obviously a valid thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I think about this with bisexual men because there's statistically more women who identify as bisexual than men. And I don't know if that, um, (laughs) if there's actually more bisexual women, if that's some biological thing. (laughs) But I do think it makes sense that more women identify as bisexual, where I think that because of toxic masculinity, there's more men who identifies either just straight or gay. Yeah. You know, especially if there's like a... Sorry, I'm cutting you off. No, you're good. Finish. You're Um, saying the same thing I'm about to say. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, You know, I think that there's probably men who are effeminate and might be bisexual, but then were labeled gay from a young age. And then were like, oh, well, I guess I'm gay. And then never even thought to explore any attraction towards women. Yeah. And then obviously the other way around where I think there's lots of men who are are straight. (laughs) Right, too. (laughs) Who don't view that as an option. Yeah, in a... Yeah, in a male-dominated society, I think women being queer is more accepted than men being queer in terms yeah, of, of toxic in terms of in the man's eye, right? right? Like lesbians are hot, gay men are predatory, right? Right. So, <laughs> yes. So with, in a group of just men, like in a in a men group, yeah. like it's going to be a little less accepting, not only just to explore and to find yeah. someone to explore with. Um, but also just the concept of, like, being gay is yeah. so cut this or that. Like, you're yeah. either gay or you're straight. Or, like, if you experiment once, like, you're right, gay. Right, then it's like you're and gay, then, right. So, you, so it, like, pushes people away from it at all. I love a good bisexual man. I'm very attracted to bisexual men. I actually, like, the how sexually liberated you must be to be a man that breaks that mold. And right, like and so confident acknowledges, in your sexuality. Yeah, to, yeah. to say that you're into men and women and to, yeah. like, you know, the confidence to just give a middle right. finger to and the rest you, of the... Right, wow, yeah, like, to, to the rest like, of the male species. Right. Yeah, no, that's very I true. find it very attractive. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We were talking about 
generational privilege. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> We're just going off all over the place. Right, and then um, I started talking about my sexuality. Anyway. Um, but also with generational privilege, I mean, like, we talked about the internet, but then also, like, the AIDS crisis. Oh. Can we talk about... The AIDS crisis? Oh my crisis? gosh, because even the fact, even in communities where you Woo! didn't need the internet and there was a queer community, you could get HIV back then, right? Well, you still can. But, but, there but, but, wasn't, but, but now you can get treated for, you know, you know now, you can, now there's treatment and then HIV will not progress into AIDS because, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get on, let me hand you your soapbox. Take this. Oh, okay, yes. <laughs> Take this oh my God. and, let me and run with it. Yeah, okay. So, um, <laughs> I care a lot about... HIV, AIDS, awareness, and also remembrance, because I think it is so extremely important for us young queer people, our generation of queer people, to understand what the AIDS crisis was, (laughs) that it happened, and acknowledge and understand the privilege that we have now, Mm -hmm. not living through that. Because literally, like, I... (laughs) I consume a lot of media about the AIDS crisis, and I research it often um, because I think it's so important. No, right. But then it's so hard too because it's not like we're taught in schools. The only time I talked about no. AIDS in school was in health class, and it wasn't even we didn't acknowledge that it's more prevalent in, in the people. gay male community, yeah. and also didn't acknowledge the AIDS crisis. No, right. I did, I mean, I did a whole like little project on HIV/AIDS, and then was like, oh yeah, the AIDS crisis happened, but like. Even in my research about the AIDS crisis, didn't understand the impact on the gay male community. Well, there's even some states where you're not allowed to talk about gay people in school. Like, oh, I know. Like, <laughs> mainly in the South. That. Well, mainly in the um, South, and the only time you're allowed to bring it up, like legally, yeah. is when you're talking about but then, HIV AIDS. Because we're not terrible. talking about it in school, I believe that us as gay people, it is our responsibility to educate ourselves and understand yeah. our history. Yeah. Because I get very upset <laughs> when people don't know or when people don't acknowledge you know just like how privileged they are now or you know the fact that like gay men still can't donate blood and that's a product from the AIDS crisis and it's completely just rooted in homophobia literally and then like hearing gay people our age being like oh what that's weird (laughs) okay and I'm like do not understand why why? and And then also oh god I'm getting I'm getting on my soapbox (laughs) also I mean so I listen to a lot of podcasts obviously obviously (laughs) um but I mean a lot of podcasts that I listen to are interviews of queer people and I've listened to like so many interviews of gay men of different ages who lived through the AIDS crisis both gay men who were sexually active at the time and Mm -hmm. you know have said I literally don't know how I'm alive today like I just was lucky I should be dead right now people who I I mean I personally know people who have said this to me who have been like I lost count of how many friends died I lost count of the number of funerals I went to like Literally, I, oh God. I've had. Yeah. I think about this all the time. <laughs> like, like, I think about if we were living in the '80s right now. You know, you'd probably be dead. My other friend would be no, dead. There's like this great... literally, all of our friends would no. would die. No, you know, and people great... don't yeah. know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's this great monologue in uh, The Inheritance, oh which is a play God. that you should all read. Oh, it's so good. Um, but it's literally about generational things, and there's this great scene in it. Oh, I wanted to say something else about, before you go I... into The Inheritance. Sure, go, go, If go, go, that's go, go. okay. Yeah, go. Okay, but also, 
people living at that time who were like in high school during the AIDS crisis. Yeah. Who were just realizing that they were gay during the AIDS crisis. So then the only representation that they had, it wasn't that they had no representation of gay people. They had representation of gay people, but it was that they're diseased, that they're going to die. And so literally like they would realize that they're gay and it would be a death sentence. They'd be like, oh no, I'm going to die now. Well, then like, like, I'm going to die. Well, and the fact that I have gay friends that are like, complaining about straight actors in queer roles but then don't know what act up is right you know? oh my god like <laughs> no, pink- <laughs> that's the thing that makes me mad it's literally- is when like you know we're having these conversations about like gay rights and stuff and i'm like girl you don't even know <laughs> like you don't know who fought before you right if you like- don't know who larry kramer is outside <laughs> of the fact that he wrote normal heart like you need to like we need to backtrack some people yeah. don't even know who he is i was like oh my literally- god or even i mean i'm super into like pre-stonewall gay history as well, well and, and so even- like that's a whole nother <laughs> well, thing well right but even just like the again, the fact that you and I are just sitting here ranting about it the way we are is a generational privilege thing. No, have, it, it is. You know? Yeah. And like the um, fact, oh my gosh. Oh, because yeah, in the inheritance, there's a scene where one of the older gays is kind of talking about um, his experience during the '80s, and one of the younger characters is like, "Oh yeah, tell us about that." No, and, no, no. He's like, "I oh, I can't even imagine what that would be like." Oh yeah, and he goes, "Name one of your friends," and he's like, "Oh, uh, Jason. He's dead. Name another one." And he just goes on this whole thing. Oh my thing. god, it's just this it, super long scene I, where he's like just naming off all of these friends he has. And, and then, then he's like, dead. Funeral. It's like, haven't disappeared. I like, saw, it's a two-part play. It's like, it's, it's, I, what is the, I think the in whole, it's like six or seven hours. Yeah, it's which similar is, to Angels in America. Yeah, where it's two way. parts. I saw the first part live. Literally the, I day, only read the day before the world shut down. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, way back on March 11th, 2020. Anyway. Uh, I was so lucky just to see the first half of it. It was beautiful. It was amazing. And I again, only <laughs> read it, and even just reading that scene in the play, I just sobbed. It's oh my so God. good. I and know. then Oh, and then at the end of the scene, because he's saying all of this stuff, and then at the very end, he was like, that's what it was like. And it's Blackout. like... Blackout, yeah. And then <gasps> <it was> like, <gasps> I know. Well, and the, whole, and the whole play is really good, and it talks about that a lot. I am obsessed. I have done like three scenes of it for class, and like <laughs> all this other stuff. Anyway, anyway, anyway. So we talked about generational privilege. Are, do we have anything, anything else to say about it? I just I know care you do. so much. <laughs> I know. I was I about to say, so let much. me very gently and carefully take the soapbox. Ah, no, like, no. No, I honestly, though, yeah. God, just please educate yourself about yeah. the AIDS crisis. It's, it's, I, it's a necessity. Yes. It really is. It's the reason we teach history is so yeah. that we aren't doomed to repeat it and not to say that like we were in some sort of fault back then but to acknowledge our own privileges we have to learn this history we have to know it and honestly it makes me more grateful i feel as a person. so oh my god the I amount feel so of lucky. immense gratitude that yeah. i feel all the time well and we just watched it's a sin which is oh a my new god. series which I highly recommend hbo it, max check it yes, out yes but it's about this group of friends in london living through the aids crisis mm-hmm. and i remember oh my god because we watched it and then i had to like step away and just cry no right <laughs> afterwards but um it's so well done it's so it's good so well done but i just felt like such an immense amount of gratitude afterwards just like 
I don't know, realizing how absolutely privileged we are to live today. Yeah. And the fact that if you have HIV, you can get treatment for that and it won't progress into AIDS. Like, HIV is not a death sentence. And it's, And, yeah. like, also if you're on the medications and the treatment plan, that then it's undetectable. So you also can't pass it on to people. Yeah. You know? Which like, is also a thing that people don't really know about. So, like... Re- there's... Yeah, I mean, Educate there's still, yourselves. Yeah, there's, <laughs> because nobody else is going to teach you. Yeah, right? I got on prep last week. Very excited. Yeah! On my date, I was like, I think it's funny because I'm really not having sex. (laughs) Um, Do you want to talk about prep? Yeah, I do. The fact that prep exists and the... Well, what is it? Oh. People might not know. Prep is this fancy little pill that you can take and what it does is if you take it daily, it can prevent the possibility of you contracting HIV. Mm -hmm. And so I'm on what was originally Truvada in the medical world. It is like after however many years the patent goes away, it's generic now. It's the same. (laughs) All that means is that it's not Truvada brand. Same thing. Generic. It's cheaper. The new thing is Discovy where they're like, uh, it's a new brand. It's... Uh, hasn't gone generic yet, but it's the same thing, but like is less likely to cause liver issues or Which bone even, density you know, loss. Like small side effects that well, like all medications have, right? Right, right, right. Anyway, I have prep for free. I went to a clinic and I got yes. STD tested, which is also important. And the whole point is this is just something I get through my insurance for free as a sexually active male. <laughs> and uh, and I just go and I get uh, STD tested every three months, mm-hmm. and then I just get my prescription refilled, and then I still use condoms and things. Oh yes! Like oh not, my god! Like Whew, getting back on my soapbox. <laughs> <laughs> um, Rips it back from my hands. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, yeah, definitely. If you are on prep, still use condoms because prep helps prevent HIV, but does not help prevent gonorrhea. No or other chlamydia STDs. Yeah, or or STIs, any other STDs. Yeah. So. Uh, Always use a con. That's the same with birth control. Oh my god. Okay, small tangent. <laughs> when God, I I get so frustrated when people think that just because they're on birth control, they don't need to use a condom, and then they get STDs. Oh. But then also, if like these people aren't aware enough to use a condom with their birth control, they're also not like aware enough to get tested regularly. Right. Very you know. True. Yeah. And then this is why STDs spread. Anyway. Right. Done with anyway, my soapbox. But yeah, the, <laughs> circling back, the point that is that like prep exists and it's super. First off, super cool. I feel like I'm in like a in like a teenage. But even like, prep is super cool, kids. <laughs> but like, you the, all the, like care how about cool, your sexual health. No, but like how cool is that that that's like an option and is available now? What like literally watching it's a sin and just realizing that like oh my gosh, so many people die. Spoiler alert: people die in that show about HIV. Oh AIDS. yeah. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Uh, obviously. Um, but the fact that I'm just like, oh, I can just take a pill every day and that won't happen. Yeah. And oh, other people that have HIV, there's a way for them to be undetectable, right? Mm-hmm. And that and then that goes into, I think it's funny uh, how communication ends up being the root of all solutions. Because if yeah. you communicate with your partner and communicate with yourself and be honest about your own status, mm-hmm. wow, amazing well, things happen. <laughs> well, and also because the issue is the people who are spreading HIV are not the people who know that they have HIV mm-hmm. because the people who know that they have HIV are then mm-hmm. on treatment and are undetectable. Yeah. It's the people who aren't getting tested mm-hmm. and that are who spreading are, it. Right, who are having unprotected sex and then not getting tested and yeah. they, who don't know their status. Yeah. Get tested, yes. use a condom, <laughs> talk to your healthcare provider about PrEP. Right. <laughs> well, and then, well, and then that goes into me trying to make a segue. That uh, goes into, like, privilege within the LGBTQ community because yes. HIV AIDS does affect 
queer men. Oh, but does not does. affect me. I'm yeah. very low risk for HIV. Yeah, it's simply because anal is very high risk sex act to transmit right, versus, HIV. Yeah, um, lesbian sex is low risk. Yeah, <laughs> you still, still, still like still get tested risk, for STDs. Though, and lesbians stuff. can still get STDs. Yeah, but no, let's talk about privilege within different facets of the queer yes. community. Uh, I mean, like the one I want to talk about. We've talked about a lot of them already, but I want to talk about like passing privilege. Yes. Quote unquote passing privilege. I also recently saw this clip from this interview with Angelica Ross, who is a trans actress. She's in Pose and American Horror Story and Mm -hmm. is really great. But she was giving this talk and she, instead of using the term passing privilege, she said cis assuming privilege. Yeah. Because she was like, people, when they meet me, will assume that I'm cis. (laughs) But I say cis-assuming privilege because it puts it back on them. And about the assumptions that they make about people. Sure. Because, like, I'm just me. Right. You know? And that the goal isn't necessarily to, air quote, pass. Right? Well, right. And it also, I mean, it's But it's like, it's not about you. (laughs) It's about the individual. No, and I like that. And then again, for... For then queer people, I mean, there's straight passing privilege. Or like straight mm-hmm. assuming Versus, privilege would be in the same vein. I, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Well, I just I'll learned just this say, word like two days ago. I know, every time I say <laughs> passing privilege, let's just assume it's in quotes. Um. Yes, yes. Um, yeah, and that's so interesting because there's like visibly queer people and then there's queer people who don't air quote look queer, but then like that's oh, also no, its whole two, own thing. Because, no, there's two sides to the coin, yeah. Right, because then people who air quote don't look queer well like what makes someone look queer you know and so then that's totally rooted in these stereotypes that the culture has yeah and so then like i could say oh i don't have as much privilege because i'm a visibly queer person but then at the same time like I have other privileges that other you know that like maybe a femme lesbian yeah right like a femme lesbian people are going to not believe that she's actually gay. No, and People are like, going to invalidate her identity. Yeah. Nobody invalidates my identity. Because <laughs> they'll like, no. be like, oh yeah, I'm a lesbian. And they're like, yeah, I assume. <laughs> right? <laughs> right? And so then like, and then that's also, you know, dating people that like for a femme lesbian, you know, other women might not assume that she's right, a lesbian. Or, or you know, where other people have. would right. see me and be like, oh, lesbian. Option. Yeah. And then also, I mean, that goes into a lot of biphobia too, where especially when bisexual people date someone of the opposite sex or they're like in a straight passing relationship. Relationship. It's that two-sided coin. We're like, Mm -hmm. yes, you move through the world differently than say you or I do. Right, or people people view you differently. Well, well, yeah, and that goes into like if you present very heteronormative too. Like if it's like a very femme woman and a masculine man, even if they're both bisexual and they're dating each other. People are going to assume that you're straight, which again like... Which they're they're bisexuals. They're queer. They're part of the community. Right. right? But it is... so that then their identities are then invalidated, but then at the same time, well, yeah, because it's it's so hard because it's like you have some privileges but you don't have others, and then well, also right, like the it's privileges important. you have, it's like well, the only reason I have those privileges is because people are assuming I'm straight, which then is also a problem. Well, right? well, right, and it's the thing of like it's not your fault that you have privilege. You know, I even have passing privilege. Right. I mean, some people even say until I talk <laughs> or I walk. I mean, some, I, I, I was gonna people... say I think you have a gay walk. Well, <laughs> <laughs> well, and some people, and again, there are few, there are few people that 
disagree and think that well, I pass in general. Well, and when I when first I met talk. you, I wasn't positive because right. I didn't want to assume because I knew but, I was going to come to college well, and assume all of the men were gay. Uh, but anyway. I describe myself as a very, like, suburban mom's ideal for a gay son. Ah! You know, like, I'm just gay enough to where it doesn't bother them. I mean, you also have a podcast where you talk about, like, anal sex. Well, <laughs> right, but, 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 like, you know, I'm not the most extreme femme gay man, you know, right. like, to where it causes other people such dissonance, which it no. shouldn't cause well, straight people also, dissonance, but you know what I mean. Which is also so interesting, though, because then, like, talking about privilege, the reason that people have privilege is because of power structures. Yeah. Right? Right. And so the fact that, like, yeah, you might have privilege if you're more you know air quote like look straight right but then like the only reason that then you have that privilege is because the majority the people Mm -hmm. with power in our culture are straight people so then they're saying like oh like they're giving you that privilege then by assuming that you're not queer Right. You know, and like that's a whole. Well, well, and it's the thing of you know, I don't think it's bad or even anyone's fault if they have privilege. I think oh, it's yeah. just something to acknowledge. Well, and again, like we were kind of talking about earlier, and kind of what I was trying to say with like it not being productive to compare privilege. Yeah. I mean, in the sense that, especially within the LGBT community, because the types of privilege are so different yeah it's really impossible to compare a lot of the time well and that's kind of you know and that like saying oh like i could say that a femme lesbian has more privilege than i do because like maybe she's not gonna get called a dyke on the street however like she also has to constantly prove herself as a lesbian well right you know and so then like we both have and lack privilege just in different areas yeah. and in different ways. And, and so that's what I mean by I don't think it's productive then to be like, well, I have more privilege than you. No, I think, like, it, I think it depends on the situation. You yes. know, if you're talking about walking down the street or whatever it is, or just yeah. like in a general... And like if physical it, safety. Yeah, and then like, all, but then if you're talking about identity, like that's yeah. the situation where you have to be sensitive about your own privilege and that she right. has to also understand to not demonize people who have privilege, right? right. Or to more so just make sure they're aware of it, understand. Yeah. This is the whole thing about biphobia where some people like discredit bisexual people yeah. simply because they do have, I mean... Some people also don't think bisexuality exists. That's yeah, another facet of like, biphobia. But <laughs> other queer people sometimes take passing privilege so far to be like, well, like you don't have the same experience I do, oh. and it invalidates their queerness that way. Yeah. But I think there are facets where I'm like, you know, I objectively move through the world differently than someone in a quote-unquote heteronormative passing relationship, yeah. right? Which is, you know, fine. But then I can't just assume that they don't have the knowledge to talk on that subject or anything like that. But I do have to be aware that our experiences are different. For instances where I have privilege, I have to acknowledge it and not be insensitive to someone who doesn't. And in instances where other people have more privilege than I do, you know, acknowledging when they're being insensitive, but I can't just demonize and throw their opinions out the window. I have to, if anything, educate them about how my experience is different. Right. Well, and I was going to say, because that's the thing. I feel like it's not so much of like... And again, speaking specifically about, like, within the LGBT community, I don't think it's always about who has more privilege. No. It's about what privilege people have and what privileges they don't. Yeah, it's not like a scale. Yeah. It's not like a linear scale. And then again, though, I do think there's cases where, objectively, like, I have more privilege than other people within the LGBT community. Well, yeah, I mean... But that, like... 
what yeah when you're looking at it's it, again what's the conversation yes you know yes and it's, no, a, it's the, so yeah. true it's so true yeah there's like we said way back at the beginning like there's some people that think they just have their own privilege and that they can then relate and compare to other people mm-hmm. who just have a totally different experience and mm-hmm. like to the point where they're like no you'll be fine because i'm fine right right That's yeah without a, yeah acknowledging the nuance of people's experiences yeah um Acknowledge your privilege and be grateful. It makes yes. you very grateful. Um, learn yeah. about the HIV... I'm trying to get bullet points. Learn about uh, the wait, HIV wait, wait, crisis. Wait. Uh, um, <laughs> yes. Well, and also, I mean, we've, we've been kind of walking around. I don't know if we've actually said the word, but like intersectionality. Like oh, we've been right, talking right. about intersectionality. That that's so important to understand yeah. too. And that you're not just each individual one of your identities. You know, you're all of your identities at once. Right. I am and all so, of me all the time. Yeah. Yes. And so it's not that like oh i'm gay and i'm a woman and i'm gender non-conforming like i'm all of those things at one time you, you can't compartmentalize it like that so then acknowledging like intersectionality is yeah. so important i mean you've talked about that in terms of when we were talking about like gender and you being and like being in spaces with women that you objectively mm. have these different experiences right? yeah and sometimes yeah, it's yeah. Hard to no talk. it's so hard right my whole my issues with um, <laughs> cis white feminism yeah. <laughs> yes yeah yeah that i think that people's experiences are going to be so different just like communication and listening yeah i just love that that ends up being the root of all solutions that we talk about just communicate interesting and also be be self-aware you know you have to understand yourself yeah in order to understand other people too yeah yeah on that note m what is your gay recommendation this week my gay recommendation is bpm which is a movie, it's a French film. Oh my gosh. And it is about ACT UP, which is the organization that was started by Larry Kramer. Mm -hmm. But it's ACT UP in Paris. And so uh, it's about this group of activists who are part of ACT UP who are then, you know, fighting to get the government to give more funding and, you know, all of the things that ACT UP does. Again, I consume a lot of media (laughs) about the AIDS crisis. And And we think you should too. Yes. No. Yes. Um, And I... I really love this movie. I think that it's really, really beautiful and also shows a really great balance of the political, social activism that was happening, but then also like the personal relationships and how uh, HIV and AIDS affected those Mm -hmm. as well. So BPM, highly recommend. I think it's on Hulu. I don't know. It Uh, is on Hulu. Oh, woo. It is. We should watch it. We Um, should. I really want to. Nate, what's your recommendation? My gay recommendation this week is The Inheritance. Oh, I want to recommend yes! The Inheritance. Read The Inheritance. Uh, yeah, literally. It's a two-part play by Matthew Lopez. It originated in London and then came to Broadway in 2019. Sure. Um, sure. <laughs> anyway, it came to America, and it's, again, a beautiful play. It's technically a modern retelling of Howard's End. Yes. By... E.M. Forrester. Yes! Yes! <laughs> yes! I was like, I'm not looking it up. Um, it's a modern retelling of Howard's End by E.M. Forrester. Who was gay. Who but, was gay. And that's know, the whole point is to where, I mean, be gay at the, time. The, whole, the whole point is that it's all these young gays and they're writers and they're like, we have to tell this story. And then E.M. Forrester, Morgan, yes. <laughs> is like a character. And it dives into the different experiences within different generations of gay people. And yeah. It's just so good. There's so many scenes because it's like this group of gay friends and there's so many scenes where I'm like, oh my God, I've had the same conversation with my gay friends. And yeah. Like, and it, there's it's like, so good. It touches on so many things. Again, it's like a six hour play. <laughs> 
<laughs> so like you know it'll fill up your week uh, <laughs> but buy the script read it it's a great read it's so good The Inheritance by Matthew Lopez yeah Nate where can people find us people can find us on Instagram at Podcast. there you can see all of our recommendations and you can DM us with ideas for topics you'd like us to talk about on the show you can also follow my personal Instagram at NateJig N-A-T-E-J-I-G and you can't follow M because her Instagram is private correct be sure to give us a five star review and follow our podcast so you're always here for new episodes and until next time let's be aware let's be grateful and as always let's be gay gay. thank you guys so much